I know you're expecting me to say it, so I will go ahead and start by saying what a year 2020 has been. There have been highs and lows. If you turned on the TV at least once in 2020, you have seen all sorts of things. And obviously through all of the pandemic and craziness, there has still been successes that I've had throughout the year. But this podcast episode is not that. So I am actually going to do my year in review by talking about 10 buzzwords that we're usually trying to avoid, but I have learned to embrace them. And then I will wrap it up by telling you my word for the year as well for 2021. You're listening to the Amplified Ambition Podcast with me, your host, Kristen Edwards. I'm a strategy coach focused on helping women like you to gain clarity by connecting their personality with their zones of genius. That's a fancy way of saying I can help you start and grow a business that works for you instead of you working for it. Inside this podcast, you will hear all the things because I'm multi-passionate and don't believe in leaving anything behind if it can unlock your next level of success. Let's go ahead and dream loudly as we create your best life. So I am doing these words in no particular order. I am just going to write them down. I wrote them down randomly and I don't want you to think that one word has more or less of an impact than another, but I'll start with a word that most of you kind of know me as and that is multi-passionate. For starters, I think a lot of people think multi-passionate is this, oh, cute, bless your heart, you're so sweet, you like more than one thing. And I'm not Southern, but I do know enough Southern people to say, this is not a bless your heart type of word. To be multi-passionate is more than not being able to make a decision. It is not about being confused. When you are truly multi-passionate, you actually are part of less than 1% of the human population. There's only 3.4 million women that truthfully identify as multi-passionate, even though in the entrepreneurial space, almost everyone will say they're multi-passionate. To be multi-passionate is actually to say that you can use both sides of your brain. You are both left-brained and right-brained. You are both logical and creative. You like spreadsheets just as much as you like music. Like, They are crazy opposite things. This is not when you're like, oh, I like reading and writing. I must be multi-passionate. No, those use the same side of your brain and it's still letters on a page, right? But for you to say, I like both letters and numbers. Now, how many of you can say, yes, I like both letters and numbers and not just the money going into your bank account, but like the analysis that goes behind that as well. That is truly multi-passionate. And so when I tell you that I'm multi-passionate, I do not say it as a band-aid in any way, shape or form. I started college as a math major and I'm now a business coach helping women to use their passions through personal development by using the Enneagram, um, learning about their personality type. Like we tie all of these things in together. And when I'm not working, I'm probably singing or dancing. So that is what I mean by multi-passionate. And it's a word that gets thrown around. But if you are truly, truly multi-passionate, 
then you and I are already best friends because our brains are wired differently. We're less than 1% of the human population. And when you're that small of a group, you absolutely have to unite. So that is the first word that I want to throw out for the years because as I explored myself being multi-passionate, I also realized that a lot of people didn't understand it. And when I started using it to um, identify myself, a lot of people gave me that like, oh, you're so cute. And like, no, this is, there's nothing cute about what it is that I love to do and finding an expertise and working hard to be an expert in more than just one field as well. So that's the first word that I want to talk about. The next word that I will throw on that list is grace. This is the word that I know a lot of us have had to learn and apply to ourselves. You might be really good at giving grace to that person 10 times removed from your situation, but 2020, regardless of if you had a million dollars in your bank account or you had to empty out your savings throughout this year, we all had to learn to give ourselves grace, to be patient through the process, to learn how to push beyond what seemed like an immediate thing Sometimes we had to learn the hard way that rest was essential because as much as you have goals and dreams and you want to move towards that success, also recognizing that like Rome was not built in a day and it is okay to take your time as you move through the process. And again, give yourself grace. I can't remember how many times I had to like stop and breathe and pause and be like, it's okay. Like (laughs) it's been two hours. Why are you expecting to have two years work worth of information mastered in just two hours or in just 20 minutes. And so grace, number two word, especially in 2020, I think it's really easy to to beat ourselves up. And as an Enneagram type eight, I'm actually harder on myself than I will ever be on any of you. And if you know me in real life or you've been a client, you know that I will always push you towards your potential, but just know that I'm pushing myself 10 times harder than I'm pushing you. And so grace was a huge lesson that I had to learn in this year. The third word that I will share with you, and again, these are in no particular order, is vision. We all have one, but I think we get so quick to say, I don't know how to get to year 10, so therefore I should just like give myself grace. This is when we throw the band-aid on or say, well, I'm just multi-passionate and stop moving towards that purpose. Your vision, your dreams, your goals, your hopes, your purpose, whatever word you want to use for it, your vision is there for a reason, but it is going to take time to reach it. Um, It is is your long-term thing, right? You have your immediate mission, but then you have a long-term vision. And it's easy to mistake mission and vision, especially because we kind of throw all of those in like oh I created a bit a business here's my mission statement my vision statement like we throw it on a piece of paper and forget that the long-term vision is what we're doing you know if you are in corporate America you had that nine to five and you were building your career you're like well by the time I retire that's the goal I want to have that is how your vision of life should work and it's going to take time to move towards that And it's a very foggy road because you're not God. You cannot see the future. You don't know what's ahead. And you don't know what obstacles are going to come up. 
along the way, but recognizing that taking one step forward, taking the next best step, making the next right choice is what's going to move you forward in the direction of your dreams. And that's the most important thing for us to do for ourselves, for our goals, for our vision, and honestly, for the people around us as well. Word number four that I will share with you is, and this is when I say this is an epic buzzword, alignment, right? You hear so many people, again, in the entrepreneurial space, talking about being in alignment with your dreams, your goals, your hopes, your dreams. And I absolutely think it's important to be in alignment with what you, with what your values are, with what your beliefs are. If you have a particular faith that you ascribe to, right? I identify as a Christian, which means the Bible is my roadmap. And so if I'm doing something that's not in alignment with the Bible, that's mean, meaning that I'm not aligning. So either I need to choose, like, am I really a Christian or redirect my values, right? There's things to kind of address or navigate in that if I'm not in alignment as well. If I want to call myself an entrepreneur, am I in alignment as a person with what my business is also doing. And so again, it gets thrown a word as a buzzword and people are like, well, are you aligned? How does it make you feel? And sometimes we say it so often that we forget to really sit down and recognize how much power that alignment is. You cannot be misaligned with a lifelong partner because somewhere along the way, it's going to hit a very large bump in the road that you're going to have to address, right? And so that alignment Um, If you think about the tires on your car, if they're not aligned, you're not going to get to your destination smoothly. And so alignment, again, huge buzzword, but so important to actually make sure that your values, your belief system and how you're living your life and how you're building your business all map out. Are you spending your money in places that you say are actually important? Are you spending your time on things that are actually important? Where you're spending your time tells me what's actually important to you. If you spend all of your time at, your, at the gym and you're working out, then to me, your physical appearance, your health, your wellness is the most important thing. And you've chosen, right? Again, if you're spending 60 hours a week at the gym and you're not a personal trainer by profession, then I know that you think physical appearance, health, wellness, anything that goes along in that spectrum is more important than other people, unless that person's at the gym with you, right? Then having another type of income, right? Having a full-time job. If you spend these 60 hours a week at the gym and you're not working at that gym, then I know that your nine to five is not as important as the gym, right? And so that's a basic example, but alignment's one of those words we throw around and we forget to recognize how important it really, really is. Next word, also a buzzword, but something that is <laughs> the lesson of 2021, pivot, pivot, right? We have watched brick and mortars learn to pivot into the online space. We've watched, you know, I actually was a life coach, like physically, like let's sit down in front of each other at a coffee shop type of life coach. And in October of 2019, I said, I want to move into the online space. And then six months later, everyone else had to move into the online space as well. And so recognizing that we've all had to pivot and even people in the online space had to make their own version of a pivot in order to find success or keep their success to have more success as well. And so pivot, again, it became a buzzword because everyone was pivoting, but also recognizing that you should be able to pivot 
in every season of life, right? And so if you had never pivoted before, 2020 was the first time that you were doing it and it was a learning curve for so many people. But to recognize and embrace the pivot because a lot of times with that shift also comes your next level of growth, also comes your next level for your income, also comes the next level for becoming the CEO that we talk about embodying. We actually get to grow our team, grow our business and change our lives as well. And so do not be afraid of change at any point in the journey. And with that word, I will also add on generational. I think this is the year that a lot of people realize it's not about being selfish. It's not about living for yourself. It's not about doing what works for you when you feel like it, but also saying, okay, this is how I want to do things both today, tomorrow, and all the other times as well. And so generational saying, this is not just for me or just for my children, but how is it affecting my parents, right? If you are traveling, you, depending on the age of your parents, you probably didn't want to show up at their house two minutes after you traveled because of the health health risk that were involved as well, or maybe your grandparents. And so also people realizing, you know, the baby boomers are retiring and millennials are taking over both corporate America as well as the entrepreneurial space. And so stop judging millennials and recognize that we hold the power, right? Millennials are turning 40 if they're not already 40. Millennials are turning 40. And so taking off that stigma of, oh, they're a millennial and recognize that that stigma is now on Gen Z. But also let's remove the stigma and recognize that with every generation comes a new shift, right? Technology is here and we need to embrace the changes that come up over time and take the good, leave the bad, but also recognize that there's a shift. And the other thing that I will say with generational is also building generational wealth, right? Uh, A lot of millennials are taking care of both their children in their household, but also figuring out how to support their aging parents. And the health issues are very different now of people in their 60s and 70s compared to any other generation before. And so generational generations taking care of both before and after and creating a legacy of what you're really going to leave behind. So I thought about using the word legacy, but I want to make sure that we recognize it goes in both directions. So I use the word generational as well. But again, what are you doing to impact the future for both yourself, your people that are equal to you in terms of age bracket, the ones that are coming after you and the ones that are before you? Are you setting them up to have a comfortable retirement regardless of Selfish thoughts you might have, are you setting up your parents and grandparents in the same way that you would set up your children or godchildren if you choose not to have children of your own um, as well? So the next word that I will go with that, because we are recognizing so many things about other people, is political. And I think you should vote, but that's not where I'm going with this. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't get into politics. And yes, I am going there. So buckle your seatbelt. Let's do this, right? For you to say that you don't care about politics or you don't get in to politics, or if 2020 was the first time you ever recognized what politics really, really is, um, wake up. <laughs> and I'm not telling you, I'm not even going to say who to vote for, how you should vote. You honestly have the right to check if you want to be a Democrat, a Republican, a Libertarian, or something else, or you know, you don't want to pick a party to 
um, decide. But one, if you are over the age of 18 and an American citizen, you should be voting in every election, and especially local politics, because local politics is what affects us. But if you, let's go into like a little Greek lesson here, right? Politics comes from the word polis, which means for the city or for the people. So if you are going to call yourself an entrepreneur, which means that you want to create an impact, you want to create change and do good, the way that you vote in local politics, just as much as national politics, matters. And do not say like, oh, I care about things or care about people. If you are not truly, truly going to take the time to vote, to have the right people representing us in office. And so, yes, learn to be anti-racism and learn to be learn about anti-racism. Again, it's not okay to just say, I'm not racist. And congratulations, you listened to the podcast of a black girl. So like, that's one thing that you have to check off your list. But I want to make sure that you take it a step further and you put your right to vote where your mouth is. And I don't care about what you put on social media. And I don't care if you put a black square up on June 2nd, but to recognize what it means to really be for the people and to use your voice to create change. There's a quote and I'm going to mess it up, but like to be silent in the time of oppression is to be on the side of oppression. Like I said, I messed up that quote, go look it up, but use your voice because you have it for a reason. All right, (laughs) we're going to take a quick break and then I will shift into some lighter, more positive words and of course share my word for the end of the year as well. This message is going straight into the heart, mind, and soul of my ambitious women entrepreneurs. I am so excited to announce to you that the doors to private coaching are now open again. Inside this VIP container, I'm going to show you how to reach consistent 5K months without the hustle and grind so that you can live your best life. The reason this works for me and has worked for so many of my clients is because of my unlock method and because so many multi-passionate women have been trying to niche down, they end up leaving out their personality along the way. They don't realize that what they need to do is learn how to structure their business to include their personality, passions, and of course, their powerful zones of genius. That way they are able to sell and deliver the impacts that they were born for. In pri- inside private coaching, we create your clear and actionable roadmap to success with a customized plan for consistent sales. Head to the link in my show notes to apply today and learn more. All right, so I got three more words for you and they all go together pretty, pretty closely. And the first one is passion. So prior to me being a strategy coach, I was actually a life passion coach. And I love to have people help people to identify their passions and connect them all together. And really the only difference as a strategy coach from being a life coach is that I help you make money and grow your business because of those passions that we are stringing together. So again, I am multi-passionate and I had to figure out how to take the creative side of me with the analytical side of who I really am and connect those dots so that I could have a profitable business. And so I started helping other women do that just so they could have more time in their life so they could feel fulfilled. And hey, if you can make a couple extra bucks, that's great. And as I learned more about making money in this space, I started giving back 
to the women that I was helping, was helping and helping them make money too. So now we can help you get to consistent five to 7K months. Um, I have one client who's already at 10K months as well in her business because she has taken the time to say, I want to take my passions, connect it with my powerful zones of genius and to really say like, hey, you know what? This is my personality and that's how I'm going to market so I attract my dream client as well. But passion is again, another one of those words similar to multi-passionate that people are like, oh, well, that's my passion. So you can be passionate about a cause and that's great, but your passions are the things that light you up inside. And so literally when you hear the word, you get excited. When someone starts talking about personality types, whether it be and the assessments that go with them, like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or DISC or the five love languages, you name it. There's like color psychology out there too. You name it. I am all up in there and I geek out about learning the latest and the greatest and what's the new quiz and how do we use it and tell me the psychology behind it as well. So it is so important to me to really dive in deep and get to know as much as I can about these, again, not just like a fun quiz, but the psychology that backs it as well. And then my nerd brain comes out because then I start saying, well, how does the Enneagram connect to Myers-Briggs and how does that connect to this? And, um, you know, let's create that Venn diagram or a spreadsheet or whatever else to connect those dots. So that's where the passion comes in is it's not just exciting on a surface level, but you're willing to put in the work that makes you an expert in this. And I'm not even saying it has to be in your business, right? You're willing to put in the work to learn how to play guitar and it's just for you to do behind closed doors. You never have an intention of making it a gig in a profession in any type of way. It's just like music is my therapy and I'm doing this in my closet kind of a thing. And so that's your passion. And I think a lot of people have realized that they left the passion out of their business. They left the passion out of their corporate job. And so recognizing what those passions are and bringing them back. And if 2020 did not give you extra time, especially in March and April when we were all forced to just stay at home, I hope you discovered your passions. I hope you were able to unlock that joy inside of you and then also say that it's not just even as things started to slowly reopen and we quote unquote found our new normal i know i said it but as we found that new normal i hope you recognize the importance of keeping those passions alive and going forward for you every single day next word is authentic i know <laughs> another buzzword for you but the authenticity that goes into building an online business is essential in order for it to be profitable and another thing that people hear when they hear authentic they're like oh you need to be vulnerable i do not need to tell you my deepest darkest secrets and fears unless i am helping you to get through that right like a, a mindset coach might share some of her mindset shifts in a way to help you, a relationship coach might say, hey, this was my one past relationship, but you can give a general story and not have to give out every single detail. And so we all have struggles, we're all human. And that's not the type of authenticity I'm talking about, the vulnerability, again, helpful, but not essential. But if you're not the real you, people will read right through you. This is social media. We are ending 2020 and moving into 2021, and it's so important to recognize that if you are not being real, people are out. If people don't see your face 
on Instagram because it's a visual platform, they're out. If you're talking about like, hey, watch my YouTube channel and I never see you on YouTube or your face on Facebook, they're leaving and they're not sticking around for someone who's not going to be willing to show up and show the truth. And with that is also to show your personality. When I started to say, hey, guess what? I'm an Enneagram 8. Here's the tough love. I'm going to tell you what you probably didn't want to hear, but know you need to hear. I'm that sassy cousin who just said what you needed to hear and you were like, oh, I didn't really want to know, but now you're reflecting and willing to change. And when I said, I'm going to take the bandaid off and just speak, all of a sudden the doors came opening up and things that I was trained to filter. I was told you'll never be successful if you're that direct. You'll never be successful if you call it like you see it. You know, learn how to sugarcoat X, Y, and Z. And when I was sugarcoating, I was getting by, but I was not successful. And I definitely wasn't fulfilled because I was holding back and filtering. So let it go. Be who you are. Be all of who you are. And recognize that you probably only need like seven actual clients at a time. And you don't need seven billion. So not everyone is going to like you. And recognize, okay, this person is for me and this one is not. And let that go, right? Let it go. Um, the same way that you let your ex go 10 years ago, you can also let go those people who are not an ideal fit for you. And sometimes I'll even say like, hey, we're not a good match, but I do know some, someone who is a great fit for you. But be who you are and recognize that the people who want to know that, who want to see that, will never care how, care how quirky you are, how awkward you are, how funny you sound, how messed up your hair is because they're there for you and the real side of you and the people who were like, oh, her one strand of hair was out of place, girl, bye. Like, bye, Felicia. We'll see you later. So be authentic. Be who you are. Yes, it's a buzzword and it's so annoying, but when you tap into your personality and recognize the best version of yourself, you're able to optimize your productivity. You're able to sell without having to really sell, right? You're closing deals without having to go into that formal, formal pitch. And that becomes so much easier to see success in your business. All right. And so my word for the year and the year, the word that I will leave you with in my top 10, and I'll also share my word for next year. But my word for 2020 was build. And when I chose that word in 2019, going into 2020, I was like, well, that's a weird word. Am I building a house? Like, I don't have a million dollars. I don't think I'm going to be building a house from scratch. Like, legitimately thought this was the weirdest word that I could have chosen. And even when I simplified it, I was like, okay, like, what do I need to build? Like, it just didn't seem to click. But to see the growth that my business has, and then to recognize that I started to, the trademark process on my, in my business for the unlock method, right? So you unlock something with a key. And in order to have keys, it needs to go to something, which usually have a door, and in order, right, you, do, you put a door on something after you have like built a building, built a house. And so it started to connect in ways that I never understood. And it didn't unfold until we were already a few months into 2020, um, prior to the pandemic, but still into that year before I was like, oh, this, this is my opportunity to rise, to um, accelerate and to get, you know, to really achieve my goals and the things that I thought were going to be a hindrance actually became that building block and that stepping stone 
for me to, again, reach my potential and grow my business and to just become the best version of myself by being super real, um, very honest as, as well. And so I want to encourage you to, if you've never done this word for the year thing, just try it out one time, see how it goes. But it's, it's always amazing to see how it unfolds. My word in 2019 was actually resilience. And so 2020 in many ways seemed like a breeze coming out of the resilience and the, the strength that I had to find in 2019 all the craziness of 2020, I was like, okay, I got this. I survived 2019. I can take on anything as well. And so one, be careful what you say in that word, because you never know the lessons that are coming out of it, but also recognizing that there's so much growth and opportunity when you lean into that word and you hold on tightly to it. And so those are my 10 words for, I think that was 10, but who knows, um, but you can go through and count. But those are my words for 2020 and the lessons that I kind of learned throughout the year. And so my word for 2021, and I'm excited to see where this goes. My word for 2021 is harmony, harmony. And so initially when I thought that word, I was like, oh, am I going to be singing again next year? Because that'll be interesting. And I will always have music as a part of my life as well. But then I really started to think about harmony and harmony is about connection. And so as a coach, I help people to connect different parts of their different roles that they've played, different experiences that they've had into one solid and irresistible offer so that they can grow their business. So there's harmony in how I serve other people, but there's also harmony within myself. Again, as you grow, one of my coaches always says that, um, personality, or I'm sorry, I'm messing up her quote, but she always says that entrepreneurship is personal development with a paycheck. And so my growth journey never ends. You have never arrived because there's always a better version of you. You can be 1% better every single day. That's just the goal, right? To be 1% better than the person that I was yesterday. I'm only in competition with the old version of me and to continuously improve. And part of that growth is by being in harmony with all of my experiences, live a life of no regrets, take everything as a lesson, right? You either win or you learn and learning is still winning because how many people in our world are not able to get an education and life in and of itself is teaching us to become better, to be, to be better people, to serve better, so many things. So harmony is that word for me, harmony for myself as a person, harmony in my business and as a professional, harmony with others and the relationships that I will cultivate in the next year as well. Again, I encourage you. So I go all out and I get like a song for the year and like a scripture verse to go with it and a quote for the year and all these extra things because y'all know me, I'm extra about it. So as well, but that is the part that I want to share with you is my word for the year is harmony. Um, I will show you the quote for the year will come out at some point in this last week of December as well. Um, as that inspiration. And again, I encourage you to find your word for the year and as well to pay attention to the other words that keep showing up every single time you go to look something up. If there's numbers that are repeating themselves, if there's words that keep showing up, if there's quotes or songs that you keep hearing, and I'm not talking about the hits on the radio, that I want you to lean into it and find out what lesson you are meant to learn in that season. So, those are the lessons. Now you can reach your next level. I thank you so much for listening and 
happy, happy new year. I wish you the most harmonious and blessed and amazing and successful 2021. And I will see you next year right here on Amplify Ambition. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. Check out the links in the show notes on ways to stay connected with me between episodes. I'd also love for you to leave a review on iTunes to help other ambitious women listen in and join our wonderful community to unlock lasting success. Until next time, dream loudly.